Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rose Borg podcast. I'm Sarah Rowe here with my um, co-host, Tony. Yeah. I don't know what to call you. You're my friend. You're not. I know you're kind of like <sighs> Sarah Rowe. How was you're your fine, week? Tell me about that. We're here today. Uh, this is episode. I don't know. What are we on, Tony? I think uh, I think this is seven now. Episode seven. I could. And be um, we got a, a guest on today that I'm wait, pretty freaking. Wait. Wait, excited I'm about. excited about this one, too. Real quick, just recap your week. What happened? Anything exciting? I do the same stuff every week, dude. I farm, I coach weightlifting, and I uh, eat a lot of meat. That's, I mean, that's good. I actually Here didn't I have anything. I mean, Easter. Uh, oh, yeah, Easter. Easter happened. Um, that's, uh, that's really it. Uh, on a side note, I don't know where this is going to come out, but it's turkey season on Saturday, so I'm pretty pumped up to go. Go hit the woods a little bit. Spend some time with a little uh, friend of mine, Mother Nature. Um, but uh, I need to get on turkey hunting. I I just haven't. <laughs> I only hunt quadrupeds, as it turns out. Well, I mean, at least hey, at least you're doing something rather than just sitting home watching TV. So that's good. Hey, well, let's uh before we waste any of this precious time because we're excited about this episode. Who we got? Um, so we have a man on today that I first saw at the gathering of the juggalos back when I was a, (laughs) back when I was a young warthog and, uh, wrestling for the juggalo championship wrestling, I walked past a tent and there were a bunch of juggalos, which were known to be a rowdy crowd, just staring aimlessly or no, not aimlessly. They were staring in terror at the stage. And I was like, Okay, these are the people I just saw throw literal poop at Tila Tequila. So I want to see who's scaring them. And I walked into the tent and it was a band called King 810. The lead singer was covered in black paint and there were guys with uh, firearms, some AK-47s just facing the crowd in bandanas and while the guy was singing. And it was, it took me off guard to the point where I was like, who Are they like is. legitimately scary enough to make the juggalos behave? Because that's not a thing. I've had little razor blades thrown at me by juggalos. So it's like a typical wrestling match in uh, down yeah. south. Yeah, had a had a razor blade just hit me right in the neck. It was good. Um, but this band is called King Eight Ten. They're from Flint, Michigan, and I um, started wearing their stuff. Uh, well, their bandana when I wrestled and it got back to the lead singer whose name is David Gunn. And that is our guest today. Well, welcome, Mr. Gunn. Thanks for having me. That was, um, I remember the night just to add a small detail. It was maybe two 30 in the morning. Correct. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a rock show, uh, 8 PM. Uh, party time it was maybe 2 30 or 3 a.m and that was when we started just to give you at 6 a.m there so i'm not oh (laughs) so do you like sleep the whole time and then get up in the middle of the night when you wrestle that late no you just don't i mean i'm sure it's the same with him you just kind of there's plenty to do yeah, <laughs> you can go hang out on. I mean, I don't partake, and I, I don't think he does either. Uh, partake no. in, in the drugs, but watching people on, God knows what. 
I people watch at Walmart, so I can imagine people watching at an event like that is probably very interesting or sad. One of the two. It's not so sad for me because that's where I come from. Just normal on this day. Yeah. I'm white trash and yeah, it's it's kind of just feels good and why do you think the juggles reacted that way to you? I don't really know. Maybe they didn't have any more gas because it was 3 a.m. and probably they were partying for three to four days at that point and stamina. (laughs) But maybe I'm not sure. I think maybe it could have been new or I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I kind of just tried to stay focused. You don't like normally people or he gets your shows sorry he got on me one time for quantum concerts their shows um his because they're small (laughs) those be the detail like when you think of concert i'm thinking of molly crew or like tool something like that maybe is there a number what's a number is there a number of attendance that goes you better have uh, stipulations it's just an essence or a feeling you know when you walk into something and king's playing it's just it's like walking into a garage sale rather than a Walmart. I, don't I, don't know. I find value in garage sales over Walmart, to be honest. You can I'm find value. My favorite band. <laughs> you can find value, but you need something upstairs. You need to have a little something different um, mm-hmm. to find value there. So maybe you have that, Sarah. I'm definitely, um, yeah. I'm not weird at all. Actually, I, um, I had, there's a local concert promoter in Kentucky and he had told me about, cause I, I mentioned him. I was like, man, there's this band and it was, it was crazy. And he was like, yeah, uh, his name's Terry Harper. Um, I don't know if you okay. know of him in Louisville, but Very hard to know names. Um, he, he was like this band's from Flint, Michigan, which as we all know, is a kind of a rough place to even visit, let alone grow up. And, um, and he was like, this band's uh, like genuine. And what I, my big, um, my big problem with even the world or interacting with people is trying to find a genuine part to it. Like if I'm talking to you and you're just trying to bullshit me or you're just trying to make your life seem like cooler than mine. Yeah. I can't have it. And I think the genuineness to your music is is there. Thanks. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. I guess I always come back to even from the shows and concert things, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the most successful or the most um, well-received or the I guess the that could have some consequences, but I'm just trying to do genuine things, like you said. And I think kind of we were talking before it started. The disingenuine, disingenuous. Uh, what would it be? Situations. I kind of don't really like and try to stay away from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because 
when you have something and wrestling is the same way. If you like to wrestle, I'm sure when we were talking, when we were hanging out, I can't remember where we were at, but we were talking about Japan and stuff and you like to wrestle, you like to wrestle, but the industry of wrestling is a separate thing and it doesn't have anything to do with you or your love for wrestling. And I think the same way for music, the industry of selling music, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. And kind of like a side effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a separate thing. So Sarah has, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're good. Sarah has this saying that wrestling will never love her as much as she loves wrestling. Do you feel that that's the same when it comes to music? Um, I think music does love me, but because I'm just its best friend, but the industry of music, I couldn't care less about. I, and I, I really don't care. And pretty much all my actions kind of show that I, I don't really care to mess around and play the games for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. Plenty. Is that why, like, at your concerts, so, like, you kind of touched on a little bit before, but, like, at your concerts, you don't really interact with the crowd. I'm it, just trying it, to stay. It's something that's unique. Here. Like, I thought it was cool. You know, like, he literally gets done, he drops the mic and walks out the nearest store. <laughs> I'm not trying to do a mic drop. I'm not trying that, but, yeah, it doesn't help me to interact with the people. I'm, I know a lot of people just think that sucks and a bunch of people complain and it's really a sad entitled type of fan or follower or just someone that likes you. I don't really know what to call them because I don't like to say fan, I guess, because I, I'm a stan of music and other things like that or, or follower just doesn't sound right either, but the the whole idea is they're kind of entitled and i think that's the the world today where there's a constant feedback loop that is very short and if you run a business and you're selling a product you have a constant um, feedback loop to your to your customer and that's fine that's once again the business of music but I try to do my best to not participate in the business of music. So when I come out and most of us are the same way, some members are a bit more extroverted um, than, than I am. All of them are a bit more extroverted than me, but I kind of am just trying to stay in my own zone and have my own thing go on and my own experience and do this type of performance without engaging the crowd and just have them watch it like you would they can clap or do whatever they want to do but almost like you would watch a play or a or an opera or a dance or something you know you can give your feedback Uh, it doesn't really much matter what your feedback is because we're going to do the the performance until it's done and then when it's done we're we're going to it's going to be over with but I don't like to break the spell uh, that I'm under uh, when we're doing the songs. And I also don't like to communicate in general. So when I speak stupid words, like, how are you doing tonight and shit, 
Because you don't really care. Uh, what does it really matter? Yeah, uh, we're all in the same spot and we're doing this. To me, it's kind of like a shared communal, almost like a purification shared communal thing. And speaking is, it just seems stupid. Um, I, I don't like telling them what to do either. You know, like put your hands up. That's stupid. I don't care if your where your hands are at um, <laughs> at all. At yeah, and <laughs> yeah, just those types of things just really aren't my personality, I guess. So I, I haven't ever got into that. People kind of think it's an actor, think it's a thing, but it's more just an expansion of my own personality that I that I don't alter. Again, probably to my fault there are plenty of really good front men that kind of have the they say have the crowd eating out of their hand and commanding the crowd or whatever but i'm not trying to command them and i don't care uh what what's going on i'm just kind of setting the music for the movie and they can kind of figure out their own thing and coming back to the industry part i don't like feedback from from in art so if you believe you're doing art which i i hope most of the time that's what i'm doing what does it matter no one andy warhol wasn't putting together paintings throwing them up and then going around taking surveys asking what he not that i believe i'm andy warhol but i'm just he stole all his shit but um i'm just saying the getting feedback in the arts is kind of corny you know, if you have a business and you're making a product and you're trying to sell something, you're, you know, you got, say you got the, the Glock hat on there, you know, the, you know, the Magwell's not flared out. So where you can't get it, I get it. And that's a product and that's what you're doing. But in the arts, it's this, the reason why I chose it is because it's not to me, not a product. And the feedback is not supposed to be happening in my opinion, in my world or in my view. Plenty of people are doing music as a music. hustle. Like, I hope you, so. You, you can like, I mean, I've been listening to your music for a long time. Like you can t- kind of tell what you're into at that time. Like I'll be listening yeah. to your songs and like a random jazz line hits and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Or you drop yeah. a rap album or it just, yeah. you can tell. It is very artistic in a way that like you're, you're very inspired by whatever is inspiring you at that moment and you won't make music that's not that yeah it's kind of like an exploration vibe my i was always exploring with this group with king these things like love or camaraderie or a lot of stuff with growing up and all these other things but I noticed after a couple of records, I was kind of interested in exploring other things mm-hmm. and also the timbre and the sounds and stuff like that. But I thought it might've been appropriate to change the name of the project. If I was going to start exploring um, different parts of my own personality, like humor and wit and those types of things a little, there are ways to do it dovetail it seamlessly and, and and explore it within King and I do but I was trying to push against the, the walls of my own 
type of understanding and it was going to be so drastically different that I, I just changed the name to my own name because I thought it was two separate explorations and it was also good for my health at the time because I was in a spot that I needed to do something different and it needed to be a bit more light, not, not so heavy um, and maybe a little bit witty and a little bit tongue in cheek and a little bit hum explore humor or something, something I don't have a lot of, you know, it was just not to keep driving me down a hole. The Roseborg podcast is brought to you by Roseborg, where family, farm, and fitness all come first. Make sure you join our email list for the most up-to-date, exclusive content. The link to this is in the description. We would greatly appreciate it if you would give us a follow, share our story, and leave us an honest review. Thank you for listening. I'm sure like you make music and you're singing that music about a dark time in your life or when something shitty happened to your life. And if you're just repeating that part and that feeling over and over and over again, I'm sure it starts kind of encompassing. If you repeat your worst life, your the it's a, to me, it's a meta. It's like a cream rise to the top. So you write songs most writers, not just me, I assume they write about important things in their life. No one sits down and, and writes about 3 p.m. on last Tuesday if nothing important happened. So they, they usually write about it's a distillation of some of the most important aspects of their life. And since we're all people, a lot of the most important things are painful. And that's really what drives you to write. So you have a few dozen of the most painful th things you've ever known and you really go out of your way to articulate them the best you can and you you repeat them 300 nights a year and it's just if you're a bit fraudulent it probably doesn't do anything to you you know but yeah. if you're a bit sensitive to impulse like maybe the reason I don't talk to people and stuff uh, it kind of starts to if you already have problems which i do it just kind of adds to it you know makes it a little worse than it needs to be and then you start wondering what are you doing up here man and then you you're also a bit introverted and don't really love the stage or the attention or the idea that you stand on it and everyone look you know looks at you and stuff and you kind of just start to wonder um this doesn't really have anything to do with making music. <laughs> like I start looking around, like, Where, when did I get here? You know, <laughs> it's funny. So uh, I know Sarah, you know, she knows a lot more about you. I don't. And in case anybody's listening, doesn't for whatever reason, how did the music, uh, how did music start as a career for you? I don't know, man. Someone else's choice, not my own. Um, 
I started making it when I was a child, like every child does. It's a strange thing to ask because I feel like people have a lot of cognitive dissonance when it comes to how they ended up where they are, especially if they are semi-successful or society deems them successful. For The example I always use is, say you're a soldier and you're in the army and and you're a, a you know pretty good you got your decorations you got your stuff together and and someone asked you the same question you said, yeah i always wanted to be a soldier you know i remember as a kid you know five years old i had my green army men playing out full missions yeah. we all had those sure. we all had green army men and we all remember when we were five playing with them it, and we all aren't soldiers. So everyone loves music and everyone had a guitar when they were a kid, just like we all had skateboards and we, none of us are skateboarders. No, I agree with that. But I, I also, you know, I, you know, there were instruments in the house, but I also, um, you know, I was attracted to some other things. Right. So hey, I was, you know, I liked music, but I guess, that's not where my focus went. So I guess that's, I guess that's more of the question. How did your focus asking. shift? Yeah. Like were you, were you um, just good at a certain instrument or start picking them up and just start playing or. No, not really. There wasn't much of a reward system. That's what basically I, I wasn't. Um, I guess I wasn't. Making a, a counterpoint to what you were saying. I was kind of just admitting that I didn't know. Yeah. I yeah. don't know exactly when when I think about it and I think about it often, I was thinking about it today. I don't know how or why I was good at plenty of things. I was pretty good at football and I was good at a handful of things growing up. I really liked music and I, I still do. It was my favorite thing. It was the thing that I was most obsessed with, Yeah, but it was also the most hopeless thing. Uh, you have a better chance of getting into the NBA than you do uh, doing well in music, you know? So yeah. And especially if you're from Flint, there's not many people that have done successful things to really use as an example. And if you're from my family, there's no one's doing anything successful. So it was, uh, and it was hard to figure out. So uh, my answer is kind of just, I, I can understand that. I, I was a bit confused. There was no reward. You yeah. you didn't pick up a guitar and then get yeah, a, uh, well, first it was hard to get a guitar, but if you did pick one up, it was a kind of an uphill battle. And I don't know what really made me stay in the fight, I guess. for so It was kind of like a, like an escape from what was around you. Kind of being able to do the music or, or kind of, and I'm, I mean, I'm just assuming here. So correct if I'm wrong. But like how humans like process emotions is by talking about them, how we process things and how we even accept things that have happened to us is we can verbalize them. And again, Craig, if I'm wrong, you probably didn't have those people to talk to. So do you think like talking about it in music is how your brain kind of talked about it you know just got it out in the open and we're able to almost like a cathartic kind of like purging or something like catharsis i always say no (laughs) because i don't know if i'm right though 
my my answers are always I don't know, even when you're asking about me. So uh, the reason why is because it doesn't. I don't know if it seems to work. So what? Again, with the feed with the feedback loop. Yeah. What? When do you? What? If nothing does seems to work, what do you? There are other rewards. There are external rewards. There are in group, out group rewards where maybe you know some girls might think you're cool if you're rocking or if you're uh, some of your peers might think you're cool if you're doing this or that but uh, it's really hard to pin down the answer kind of like going back to the army guys and stuff i don't really know what's what i don't know where the meat of of what it is is it i really like it and i'm obsessed with it and i've never been more obsessed with it it's all that i enjoy doing almost is is that, but I don't find it offers any type of peace or solace or uh, that the purging idea. I don't know what people are talking about, I guess. Sure. It's still just as, it's still just as painful to recite the song as the first day that it was written. So it's it, like, I, I get overwhelmed, get these goosebumps, get these tearing up moments of when I'm writing the song, as well as when I record it, as well as when I listen back or play it. So when the fuck does it actually purge is what I'm, what I would be asking. So uh, sorry for swearing, but I, I, I have a hard time finding the purge idea. And then you, you start to wonder, you know, if you, if you did it for 15 years without a single reward, what, what, why do you keep doing it? And when you start I think to think it's maybe, because it's the only time you like do feel things. I mean, from, from know. you know, from your music, like, you know, I'm just I'm assuming, you know, I we're friends, but I don't like, know you know, you, um, yeah. you think it's the only time, like, you know, I know you have like from your music, you have troubles with, you know, feelings. Do you think it's, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just an internal dialogue that's necessary. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'll find the answer and I've thought about this for 20 years, but um, sometimes I think I'll find the answer and I am not satisfied with it the next week and I'll have to think of a new one. And then when I pin something else down, it's not so satisfying either. Um, So I have to pin something else down and I'm not really sure. I guess the jury's still out on that. I really like it though. It, I'm positive of that, that I, I don't do anything that I like as much. And I've never found anything that I'm so obsessed with all the other stuff. I'm not so crazy about, like I said, the, the industry and the playing and all the other ancillary details that come with it. Sure. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, about the word peace. So when you're, when you're not playing and there's no music going on, what does bring you that can relax? <laughs> what is, what, what do you do? Is it traveling? I know, you know, there was a little bit about, uh, you know, some mixed martial arts, you know, in the past, what is, what is your thing that brings you that piece? It is just randomly travel a bunch. <laughs> I want to talk about that actually. Cause I, yeah, I, I'm just searching for it, man. I, I haven't found it. Yeah. I don't find it. Some people, maybe I'm just a late, a late bloomer with it. I know maybe the that, things that I really like. Maybe that is just the, searching. Yeah, there's Jeez, what a sad soul. Why? Wow. That's maybe. <laughs> maybe I hope you're right. 
I mean, why, why wouldn't that be a thing? You know, like I think, you know, to, to push yourself, to learn new things, to do new things like that's, you want to talk about like not being, not being satisfied with a thing or with a, an extracurricular activity, we'll say, um, that's something in itself. I think there's something to be said about that. I think you're, maybe you're overlooking that a little bit. Cause that's, that's pretty badass, you know? Maybe I, I definitely don't get me wrong. I don't think that I'm going to find something that I can hang my hat on one day and call it good. That's not, I, I'm not looking for it in that way. When I say I'm searching for peace, I don't mean that um, once I find X, then I'm going to be um, good with myself. Uh, there are, there are plenty of things I like to do. I, uh, what everyone does, you know, people like to go to the gym or people like to fight. And I thought I liked fighting. Uh, and then I fought competitively a, a handful of times, which they went okay. I won, but it wasn't fun. Like fighting in the street was I, even though that's not legal, um, I had a good time fighting in the street and I like fighting in circumstances where there's not so many rules, I guess. And it's just more exciting and you get this feeling and it feels really good. Um, when you get into the cage and fight, uh, I didn't really get any of that. And I tried it repeatedly, tried, tried it over and over again. And, um, Nothing. It never came. No, it never came. So I don't know what that was, but it just wasn't there. And I'm not necessarily an adrenaline junkie. I don't, I do do crazy things that people think are crazy, but they're not really. And it's not for adrenaline. No, it's just for curiosity. So I don't know. My search for peace would be just a, hopeless, curious journey that I, I haven't really pinned down. The Roseborg Podcast is brought to you by 330 Archery. 330 Archery specializes in handcrafting arrows designed for you and your bow. The special care guarantees that your arrow will not let you down when you need it most. Perfection is their obsession. Perfection is 330 Archery. We'll keep doing that, man. It's a good thing. I keep thinking yeah, if I haven't experienced to talk with him a few days ago and you were in Portugal, right? I was in Portugal. Yeah. Where haven't you been? A bunch of places. I haven't where been. Do you want to go? Um, where do I want to go? Yeah. There are a lot of places. I have a list of places. I, this was not my idea. This was my girlfriend's idea. She wanted to go there, but my list of places, I basically was sitting around thinking one day I was at a coffee shop and having a coffee and someone next to me, this woman, she was well-traveled and she was speaking about how she had been to all these places to another woman who hadn't been anywhere. And the woman who hadn't been anywhere kept responding to her wow, I always wanted to go to wherever. It could have been 
say it's London. Well, I always wanted to go to London. This Virginia. Anywhere. And this woman was always, wow, I always wanted to go to. And I noticed she never actually said where she had been. So it got me thinking, and this, this was maybe 10 years ago. I started to think um, 10 years ago, I couldn't even leave the, the city of Flint. But I started to think if I, if I wanted to go all these places, because I kind of felt for the woman, I was identifying with the woman who hadn't been anywhere because I had never left my street. And um, I was thinking, I also want to go to these places that this woman is talking about. You know, I happen to feel the same way she does. And I was thinking, this woman's like 50. She's never going to go to these places. It doesn't seem like. I was just dissing her. But the the truth was, I was thinking, ah, probably neither are you, you know, because I just got out of jail and I could, couldn't do anything. But I, I took out a piece of paper and I started writing down everywhere that I wanted to go. Although I never even heard of getting a passport or didn't even know how, to, how that worked. And the list had maybe 30 places on it or 20, something like that, partly because I didn't know anything about the world. And then I realized if I, my, my plan was to live maybe until I was 30. So I was thinking if I go to one of these places every year, I'm going to die after a few of these places and, and have my whole life. And that's one a year. Forget the idea that I go to zero a year. Um, so I just started trying to think, be a little bit more deliberate and, and not be the person that w- once I did a bunch of other things and once a bunch of people wanted me to travel, I ended up getting a passport and fast forward and all that. But I always kept that list and was thinking, if I'm ever going to hit these places, I'm going to have to, most people can name 10 places they want to go. And most people don't really go one or what one or two places a year. And most of them are just down the road or on a vacation to another state or something, you know, not a lot of people leaving the country or, or what have you. And I just started thinking reverse engineering that list, trying to say, I'm going to have to hit four spots a year if I'm ever going to get through this list. And that's if I live to be old, which I would hate to see, you know what I mean? So I, I'm just trying to be intentional about where I'm going because I don't think it's, I think one day you're going to wake up and realize shit just passed you by. Yeah, you know? it's true. Out of time back. Yeah. Spent. Was there a favorite that you've, that you visited? Like, do you have a, out of everything that you've gone to, is there a place that really stuck out to you or like, man, was it this the was bulls? awesome. Was it running with the bulls? That was a good place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, with them, like put a, what you watch, uh, one of his music videos has, the footage of him running with the bulls. Oh, can you tell that story real quick, if you don't mind? He got dumped on his head a few times. Yeah. Um, mind? No, it was just Sanford Men Festival um, in Pamplona, Spain. I always wanted to go because I, when I was a kid, I read Hemingway, and he's just the man to me. And I know these days kids just think he's some old, unimportant writer but to me he's a genius so i always was so interested in reading death in the afternoon or um, not so much death in the afternoon because a a friend just put me onto that recently but sun also rises and and 
knowing that Hemingway killed himself on the anniversary of the uh, running of the Bulls. Presumably because um, it w just wasn't the same. He wa I guess he watched a change in his lifetime. Lord only knows how much has changed since, but I always wanted to go to that because I, I just thought it was so interesting. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why people hate me, I guess, you know, because I don't think that's a good thing to go to. I think people think with animal rights and all these other things, these delusional ideas about um, political ideas about, about the, I, the whole festival in general, you know, you have the protest and even the music video itself was taken down offline, you know, cause it's so controversial. And um, this is a 500 year old tradition that's older than this whole country, you know, that's been happening, but I always wanted to go. So one day when I was sitting around kind of just like I always do, I impulsively went and turned up and it's a 10 day festival that is well attended. Um, and the Spanish are really good people. I don't tend to feel comfortable or good in most places in Europe. Uh, uh, I, I like everyone and give everyone the benefit of the doubt in the places and stuff, but most of them feel kind of cold and gray and bad energy. And the bad energy is very, uh, in my opinion, it's obvious where that came from. And we don't have to get into that controversial subject, but there's a lot of grayness and it's, it's just cold and bad, bad vibrations, but Spain's not like that. Hmm. And Spain is, is really good. And so every morning you would wake up and, walk into town and they would let these bulls out of the, they would board up all the shops and board up all the streets. And there's a path from the bottom of the town to the top. And I may get some things wrong, but I'm pretty sure that hundreds of years ago, it was how they transported the cattle, the, the bulls from, from one spot to, to the other. And Cool. people started to just run with them and they probably ran with them for a hundred years, you know, 10 people, because when you don't have the internet, yeah. the word doesn't spread very far that you should come run with, you know, some amigos. Yeah, to, do that. that sounds stupid. Right. Right. So oh, it probably took a few hundred words for a hundred years for, for word to spread before people started showing up. And I don't think they're well attended until, past hundred years or something maybe, but just reading about it, I, I just really wanted to. And I always, uh, it's not really a testing of myself or anything like that. It's always just a curiosity. I always just want to know what it's like. I've never, I never ran next to a bull that could just turn its head and, you know, gore me through these things are, these things are majestic. Really. They're, uh, I, yeah, I've written about it since since I left, and they run so they're so fast. They run six minute miles indefinitely, always, and they weigh a ton. And oh. it's just like these things. Uh, people 
you know, the streets are packed and crowded. There's, there's probably a million people at the festival, but only a handful of people run Mm. and you run the mile or the mile and a half through town. And it goes into this plaza, um, the oldest plaza, I believe in Spain. And it's a big bull ring and you come into the sand and there's a crowd and they play all this festive music and let these smaller cows and stuff run around and uh, you can play with them and jump over them and uh, they'll play with you and like charge you and things like this. And you do that every day for 10 days. How many bulls do they let loose? Is it very, I can't remember, but it seemed like six. It seemed like six of them. And it's, it's really fun. Is it they, it's all through up and down oh. uh, at the, the beginning at the base. Uh, I tried to run in all parts. Uh, we found later that the most challenging part is uh, somewhere around the middle. There's a very narrow kind of european style street that's that's really narrow with just these buildings on each side and there's nowhere to nowhere to hide that's the challenging spot you want to run at you know because there's other turns and twists and you can kind of get away and at the beginning it's a really wide uphill these but these things move really fast so you that alley is the inescapable kind of you're in there and it's the most exciting and Sometimes, you know, they don't always run in a pack. They'll turn. Oh, no. If, they ca- if, you, if you, know, you catch their eye, they'll turn to you, and you're the focus. And then <laughs> it's not like there's things running around to get their attention. And it's also not like someone calls you on their cell phone to says that, you know, one just separated from the pack or whatever. It's just <laughs> there's, a, there's a horn when they let them out, and you're somewhere a mile and a half long strip through town and and you just get ready oh, and you man. see a stampede like can you hear them you can hear them yeah and you and you see people starting to move behind you and then there's a flood of people falling yeah exactly it looks like a cartoon people hitting the deck and the the bulls are unbothered by the people actually um and the piece of furniture right yeah, really yeah yeah and so that was for you do that every morning for for 10 days and we filmed a bunch of stuff and made a music video just because it was just a stupid idea really because we travel a lot and i don't really love to use the cell phone or whatever so my friend films things from our traveling adventures and stuff and then we just put the music to them and it's kind of just a cool idea where it's not very artistic and creative as far as visually or abstract or drama or whatever, but it, it shows you something cool. And I just thought, you know, when I was a kid, I, I would have liked to probably see these places that I never knew existed. And, yeah. you know, someone that I know is going there because everyone's going to these places, but no one's really showing anyone, I guess. Is that video still up somewhere? You said they took it down. It's somewhere, yeah. So if I I look, I'll find it probably. Probably, although we're very bad at that stuff. (laughs) 
we've had like five videos taken down and just don't care. Once they get taken down, I, I just don't have the strength or care to be like, I'm going to fight the, <laughs> I'm going to fight censorship. <laughs> like, Oh, I know what a losing battle looks like. Yeah. Um, it's unimportant to me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So how about we change this? How about, where are you traveling next? I have a tour. Yeah. Unfortunately it's a tour instead of a, just a fun party. How are these concert um, shows? These are shows. Okay. These are shows. <laughs> I was trying to get the it's, concert work. Maybe there's a, I think if we keep working hard and doing what we're supposed to do, maybe one day we'll play a concert, but it's a, it's a tour in a lot of Western Europe and the UK. So it's three weeks, I think 22 shows. Sweet. And a week in the UK, some of the main, some of the main places around Europe, there's a handful of Germany, but the Francis, the Italy's it actually goes to Poland too. I was surprised to see that close to the action. Maybe there will be some action. Maybe it's another oh, yeah. video. Um, not to be exploitive, but you never, I, I really don't know. I didn't really think that this was going to happen until recently because the past couple of years with the, the whole thing, uh, everything kind of seems tentative. Yeah. <laughs> and then now they're off the old thing. Now we got the new thing oh, and gosh. that's oh. also changing everything. And then, you oh. know, after this thing, I assume there's going to be a new thing and, uh, you know, that's probably going to change some things. And then uh, like playing Yahtzee. It's like, can you really even make this stuff up? No. no. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to predict the future. So I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but it is going to happen. So that's good. It starts, it seems like it's going back to normal, you know, going back traveling again. Right. Yeah. But, I hope so. It's, it starts the first week of May. Um, I, I hope, I hope that that's it. I still do not have faith that everything will be back to normal and people will turn up as much as usual, but I kind of feel like maybe if we start acting like life is going back to normal, then people will start thinking it is. So it's kind of just a a little... a little exercise like if we got to be the ones to show up to the half full venues because people are still convinced that there's seven new variants or something then i guess we'll have to do that just to try to get back to normal yeah be all stick you can be the bringer of the new variant heck yeah maybe i'll bring them a new variant it's not, it's highly likely yeah yeah that's what i'm talking the about Flint water <laughs> mixed with old covid just makes some kind of <laughs> mutant yeah that's mr gunn thank you very much for coming on it's been a pleasure uh very nice meeting you and uh uh, good luck uh on your travels man thanks sorry i couldn't answer the question i'm still thinking about it but i have a feeling i might be sitting up until late just still thinking about this i'll text it i'll text it i'll put it in like the show notes and be like (laughs) Maybe we'll, like to this we'll day, part two sometime. No, you'll read it and you'll say, wait a minute. 
this dude fucking thought about that all it's night. literally 3 15 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> right right Got to bed that was on saturday <laughs> yeah that was the junk that he no wonder he has to speak so slowly because his brain is broken but it's okay i'll still text it to you okay. awesome. i'll put it in the show notes thank you so much man i know it um, of course it uh it's difficult for you to kind of people so i appreciate you you people okay. on the podcast <laughs> See, uh, like i said natural oh, real like quick that. i have to tell this fly story real quick we're we pals. were at a barbecue place in ohio we're all sitting there shooting the shit ohio. just having a good time i'm sitting next to david he's you know like he is and he's not really talking and um a fly lands on the table and i see him look at it and i'm looking at him and he slowly goes up to this fly and picks it up by its wings looks it was live? It. yes it's freaking it live. let's it go and it flies away and i go what what, what was that ninja. it's like a and he looked at like- me with his blue cold eyes and was like I have no soul. You can't feel me coming. I was like, <laughs> doesn't even know. It didn't know. It was none the wiser. It just felt like a gust of wind to it. That's yeah, they always... the crazy thing I've ever seen. I was like, I was like, I was like, Ray, maybe this stuff is real. <laughs> you better tell Ray for sure this shit's real because, you know, he's got all those glyphs and all those other shits all over his shit. He thinks that shit's fake. No, that shit's not fake. You better tell him right now that shit's real because. <sighs> I, I feel bad for him walking around with all that stuff carved up on his stuff. You better, <laughs> you better tell him, man. You better these flies. They don't. <laughs> so if you need flies this... removed from your house, uh, call King Eight Ten. He can get him out. Won't even hurt the fly. Just picks it up by its wings gently. Yeah, outside. exactly. Yeah, fly removal. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, hey, safe travels, man. We'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Bye. See you guys. The Rose Bork Podcast is brought to you by Rose Bork, where family, farm, and fitness all come first. Make sure you join our email list for the most up-to-date, exclusive content. The link to this list is in the description. Also, we would greatly appreciate it if you gave us a follow, shared our story, and left an honest review. Hold my way down, but I hit. Hold my way down, but I miss. Ooh.